Well, I know it's Father's Day, so I figured I'd start by telling you something about Mother's Day. So it was Cheryl's first Mother's Day that uh, she was pregnant, eight months pregnant, and expecting our firstborn, Noah. And uh, Mother's Day rolled around, and uh, Mother's Day kind of went, and I did not recognize Mother's Day for her. And uh, it, uh, it did not go over very well. Um, I even, uh, we, we ended up having some conversation about it. And uh, what I said was something along the lines of, well, you're not a mother yet. And uh, that really didn't go over very well either. Um, and wouldn't you know, uh, three days before Father's Day, Noah came into the world. And uh, she did not get to uh, have her revenge on me because uh, Noah was here and uh, it kind of is a good way for me to introduce what we're going to be talking about today, and that is choosing wisdom over wisdom. And because uh, I had a lot of wisdom on Cheryl's first Mother's Day, and I asked for forgiveness about that later, and, uh, but uh, it certainly is one of those things that if I could go back in time, I would not ever treat it that way. And so we are, we're going to be talking about this, this choice of what we choose, choosing wisdom over wisdom. And, and while this isn't really going to be a Father's Day specific message, I do want to let you know this, that, that in this whole series of uncommon sense, that, that we wouldn't be doing this series and, and we wouldn't be learning what we're learning if Solomon, King Solomon, had not been a dad. Because really, I guess we could say that this entire series is a Father's Day series because this is a book, Proverbs, that he wrote to his sons. It, it's, it's him trying to impart his wisdom to them to help them grow in this life. That all of us have a, have a strategy for life. And, and, and our strategy that we have, every single one of us, it is perfectly designed for us to be getting the results that we currently have. And so we need to be thinking about our strategy. If we're really happy and excited about where we are, then let's keep the strategy. But, but if we're like going, I, I'm really not where I really wanna be, then maybe we need to be looking and evaluating our strategy. And so as we think about strategy, the, the book of Proverbs, it's all about these principles about developing a winning strategy for life that that's what we look at when we see this. And Proverbs has this wide range, wide variety of topics. It talks about the value of discipline. It talks about youthfulness and making choices in our youthfulness. It talks about making business decisions. It talks about love. It talks about marriage. And it just talks about these wide variety of, of, of things in life that all of us, if we were to look at these things and we were to apply these principles, that, that we would be better off. Now, one of the things when it comes to Proverbs that I've noticed is that there are some people that they treat Proverbs like a promise. And, and I personally don't believe that, that a Proverbs is a promise. I, I, I don't think that the best thing for us to do is to look and see something in the book of Proverbs and go, aha, God just promised that, that if I do that, that's what I'm going to get. But I do think that Proverbs are principles. And it gives us the best chance, the best opportunity to get the results that Proverbs talks about when we follow the instruction, when we follow what King Solomon has written and what he has said. So let me ask you guys a question. What do you love? 
I, I wonder what you think about when, when, you, when you think about that, of, of what it is that you love. Because chances are that many of you in the room, you start thinking about some people. Maybe you're married and you think about your spouse. Maybe you're just dating somebody and you're, you're thinking about them. Maybe you're a parent and you think about them. Maybe you're not a parent and you're thinking about your parents. But, but you have somebody that you end up thinking about, your best friend. Maybe for you, you didn't necessarily start thinking about a person, but you started thinking about something else. Maybe you started thinking about a dessert. Maybe you started thinking about a favorite meal and you're like going, that's what I love. Some of you guys are thinking, it's Father's Day. I know what my dad's gonna pick and I like that too. And I love going, maybe that's what it is that, that you're thinking and, and you're thinking along those lines. Maybe it's a particular thing, a possession that you love. I love that, that, that that's what I love. That all of us have these things that, that, that we end up loving and when we think about what we love. Well, as we talk about uncommon sense. We're talking about wisdom. And what is wisdom? And we, we define this very early on, that wisdom is rightly applying knowledge. That's what wisdom is. But, but let's talk about what is wisdom, because wisdom is wrongly applying knowledge. That, that's wisdom. And, and that, that we don't really want to be wisdom, we really want wisdom in our life. And so, so as we think about these things, and here's what I believe to be true about all of us. We, we, we all have some things in our life that there's some wisdom. We all have some things that we've said, things that we've done, and, and we're like, going, wow, I, I said that? I, I, I did that? And it's like, wow, I guess I'm wiser than what I thought I was. And then we've all said some things and we've all done some things that was wisdom. And we're like, I, 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 I said that, I, 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 I did that. That, that, that we all have these things. And, and what we wanna do is we wanna move the mark over to where we're choosing wisdom more than what we are choosing wisdom. And that we're gonna be doing that. And as we do that, what I wanna to do today is I want us to look and, and we're gonna juxtapose eight times today looking at what, what is wisdom and what is wisdom. And, and, and seven of these times, we're just gonna be looking at a single proverb every time. And we're gonna be saying, hey, there, there's wisdom here and there's wisdom here. And, and then the last time, we're gonna look at two different proverbs to be able to get that one. But when it comes to our life and, and how we are living it, that wisdom is this winning strategy and wisdom is a losing strategy for life. And when it comes to our lives, that our talk and our walk reveal what we are really like. And, and others get to see this about us. And what I want us to do today is I want us to get in front of the mirror. I want us to take a look at ourselves and identify, hey, where am I? Where am I at with this? Where, where is it that I'm, I'm leaning into wisdom? And where is it that maybe I've just been guilty of leaning into wisdom? And I've been being over there. And how can we begin to shift and move more toward wisdom instead of wisdom in what we do? So I did, I asked you this question about, about what do you love? And let's get into a Proverbs that talks about love as we get into our first one. Proverbs chapter 12, verse one. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Well, let's just take a quick survey. How many of you guys, when I asked you, what do you love, that, that discipline was the first thing that came to mind? None of us. <laughs> because we don't think of discipline like this. They're going, I love discipline. Well, we, we love the results of discipline, but, but we don't love discipline. And so King Solomon, he's writing this, and he says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but... Whoever hates correction 
is stupid. And, and I know some of you guys are parents in here and you're like, my kid's in here and I can't believe you just said stupid, Will, because I'm telling them that's not a word we say around here. Don't use that word. And I, I'm, I'm just reading our Bible, okay? <laughs> and there's some truth to this. That, that whoever hates correction is stupid. That, that correction is rarely a pleasant experience for us. That, that when we find ourselves on the other end receiving correction, that, that it, it's rare that somebody goes from having this kind of demeanor on their face that feels defeated, and, and as they're hearing this correction, they just start to glow and smile. We, we don't do because it's it's not a pleasant experience for us. That when it comes to correction, by, by its very nature, it, it's difficult for us to receive this. It's difficult to be on the receiving end because it reveals something in our life that, that, that we're doing that, that might be deemed dangerous. It reveals something in our life that, that we're pursuing that might end up being something that is unhealthy for us. It might be something that's just showing, hey, this is where we are wrong. And so it's difficult for us to welcome this in our lives. But wisdom, it welcomes discipline. That's what wisdom does. And wisdom, it detests discipline. That when we think about wisdom, that wisdom and teachability go hand in hand. But wisdom and arrogance, they are what goes hand in hand. That what we also need to realize is, is that the person on the other end that, that's offering correction, that they're taking a risk. That they're going, I, I love you enough, I care about you enough that I'm, I'm willing to risk the relationship. I'm gonna share with you something that's not gonna be pleasant for you to hear. Because correction by its very nature is an intervention. How, how do we intervene? How, how can I step in and, and help you and keep you from making destructive, damaging decisions for your life. And what happens with us is we have a, an oversensitive heart. And when we end up hearing somebody's correction, our oversensitive heart ends up interpreting correction as condemnation. And that when somebody loves us and they're, they're sharing something to correct us because they love and they care about us, that, that if we're wise, we're going to understand they're not condemning us. They are just correcting us. And they, there is a difference. They are not the same thing. But our insecurity will interfere with our ability to appreciate correction. I, I read an article recently that Dave Ramsey was writing. And, and he actually said something along the lines that, that deals with this wisdom versus wisdom that I think really applies well to us. And he said, success is a pile of mistakes you're standing on instead of buried under. That, that wisdom is something that, that wisdom, it learns from mistakes. That, that wisdom, you, you end up learning from your, somebody can have wisdom, it doesn't mean that they're perfect and they always get things right. But when they get it wrong, they're gonna go, I, I'm gonna learn from that. And wisdom that does, it learns from your mistakes, but it also 
will keep you from making some mistakes because you're able to learn from the mistakes of others. And then there's wisdom. And wisdom, it refuses, it fails to learn from your own mistakes and it certainly fails to learn from the mistakes of others. And it's why we need to move and lean into wisdom instead of leaning into wisdom and, and, and being this way and making sure that we're choosing that. And I think the greater someone's pride, the greater their resistance to correction. That, that pride, it, it causes major interference when it comes to being able to receive correction and receive it in love. That nobody really enjoys this, I know, but it holds so much value for us to be able to receive correction. Let's look at a second one. Wisdom or wisdom. Proverbs chapter 15, verse one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This gentleness, it generates joy, but harshness, it just heats up the hurt. Let me tell you about another experience early on in our marriage. Cheryl and I hadn't been married, not even a year yet. And somehow we got into this conversation about love. And I'm sure that the reason we got into the conversation about love was because of my behavior. And as we were in this conversation and love, and, and, and I was not being what it is that, that really she needed and deserved, and I was somebody that uh, just was not being very verbally expressive with, I love you. And I would say it's some, but, but it was just one of those things that was like, oh, he said that. That's really valuable, really important. I'm gonna cherish that one. And that's kind of was the approach I was taking. Hey, but when I say it, won't it be really special? You know, and she's like, well, it'd be kind of nice to hear it a lot more often and it'll be just as special, right? And I'm just like going, I, you know, I was dumb here, right? And, I'm just, and, and, and throughout this conversation, and I, I realized that um, in, in my natural sense, I'm just not gonna get there. And so I, um, I, I had a, a wisdom thought, and I, and I said it. And my wisdom was, well, would you rather me show it or say it? Just, just pick one, and I'll do whichever one you want. Wisdom, right? But she ends up saying something that forever changes my life and my outlook. And what she ends up saying is she says, why not both? Why not both? And it didn't just forever change my outlook with her about this topic, but it's really just changed my outlook as a whole because so many times we end up getting pigeonholed into something that, are you gonna be this or are you gonna be this? And both of them are good. Why not both? And see, see the harshness that, that stirs up wrath, stirs up this anger, the, the harshness is what I did. And my harshness was, well, just pick one. Tell me which one you want. But the gentleness was why not both? And there's so much for us to learn from these different Proverbs and what he's wanting to teach his boys that we can be learning from, that, that wisdom is gentleness. And wisdom is harshness. And some people, they are naturally harsh. That's just who some people are. Some of us, I'm in this category, some of us are naturally 
harsh. And if you are naturally harsh, here's what we need to do. We need to be super natural. And we need to get outside of our normal nature being harsh. And we need to get supernatural and start learning how to be gentle. Because we can learn to do this. And we just have to overcome our inclination to be harsh. And to slow down and be gentle. Here's the third one, Proverbs 15, 5. A fool spurns a parent's discipline. But whoever heeds correction shows prudence. It's hard to not be a fool growing up. It's it's hard to not be this fool that we're just a fool and go, hey, we're we're gonna spurn, we're gonna reject, we're we're gonna despise, we're gonna gonna be, uh, that that we just don't like, and we don't receive our parents' discipline. That we aren't drawn to discipline. In fact, what we're really drawn to is taking a detour and trying to get around discipline and not having to face it and not having to, to deal with it. That's really what we're drawn to. But wisdom, it receives a parent's correction. And wisdom despises a parent's correction. That I wonder, how many are grateful here for a parent or a caregiver's discipline in your life? I know I am. We probably weren't grateful for it in the moment. But we're grateful for it as we grow up and as we grow wiser and see the value in that discipline and what they were doing and how it's helped shape us. Because discipline is designed to be a detractor, to detract us from doing what is not good, what is not best for our life. That correction is always the goal of discipline. It's it's to correct and to, to lead us to a better place and a better life. And we're better today because of the discipline of our yesterdays. And we can be better in our tomorrows with our disciplines of today. Let's look at a fourth one. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. I don't know if you noticed this, but whenever you're around somebody that's describing a kind person, that as they're describing a kind person, they, they just seem joyful. That their demeanor is one of encouragement and, and, and they are. But you could take that same person and if they're talking about somebody that's cruel, their demeanor completely changes as they're describing a cruel person. And, and, and their demeanor, it's, it's, it's one of unpleasant. It's, it, it, it's, it's harsh. It's, it's, it's difficult. And, and, and you see that, that demeanor completely change. That there really is this major difference, not just in ourselves, but even when we think of others, of whether or not somebody is kind or whether or not somebody is cruel. But, but when we think about kindness and being kind to others, when we are kind to others, it's something that we are also, we end up being kind to ourselves. But when we are cruel to others, we end up bringing a cruelty to ourselves as well. And so wisdom is kindness to self. And wisdom is cruelty to self. That when we are cruel to others, we will end up being cruel to ourself. 
And we live at a time that, that mental health is what seems to be an all-time low. And it just could be that, that one of the reasons that it's as low as what it is is because of how cruel and how harsh we are toward others and who they are and what they're doing and, and, and just the venom that just constantly be, keeps getting spit out toward other people. And as we're doing this and we're being cruel to others, it is a cruelty that we are bringing onto ourselves. And we end up carrying that same harshness the way that we are harsh to others. And we end up now bringing that same harshness toward ourselves. And then we wonder why we are just in a bad place emotionally. Let's look at another one. This is our fifth one. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. That pride ends up putting us on a path that will lead to personal problems. That, that, that it, pride will, it, it'll always put us on a path that's going to bring personal problems into our life. That wisdom is humility and being humble, and having a humble spirit, but wisdom is pridefulness. That's wisdom. And, and humility, it, it ends up making our message and what we share with it, it makes it genuine. That humility is attractional, it's magnetic, it brings people around you. But pridefulness, it, it, it makes you like Teflon when it comes to relationships, that they just don't seem to stick. The more pride that we have as people. There's a pastor, his name's Chuck Swindoll, and he says, false humility, it stinks worse than raw conceit. That the person that really doesn't have a, a humble spirit to themselves, and, and they're just faking it, 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 he's, it, that just stinks worse than just, just being arrogant, right? That, that's just what he's pointing out. That, that here's something interesting that, that you should know, that the honor and humility are related. They're siblings. They really don't resemble one another, but they are very closely related siblings that don't look anything like one another. The honor, it wouldn't be so awesome without humility. That it's humility is what makes honor so valuable, that makes it so important. And I know that honor, it gets all of the recognition but it's humility that does all the work. It, it, it's, it's the humility that, that works so hard to where honor is such a real thing and, and honor would not be alive and well if humility had not prevented it from falling prey to pride. It's the value of being humble. Our sixth one is Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Who are you walking with? Who are you running with? That when it comes to, to wisdom, we need to understand that wisdom walks with the wise. And wisdom runs with fools. Here's our seventh one. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
that when our friends are unreliable, that, that our lives end up tanking. But when we have a friend that sticks closer to a brother, our life just grows stronger. We find more value in it. That wisdom has a friend who never leaves you. And wisdom has friends that you can't leave soon enough. That we need to get away from those friends that are tanking us. That this is what we need to learn. And our last one, looking at two different Proverbs for this one. Proverbs 15.33. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. The, 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 the instruction is what it's to fear the Lord. The, the, to rightly understand his place. Not to be afraid of him and go, oh, but to be able to understand he is all powerful and, and he can do whatever he chooses to do. And so we need to respect his power and his authority. And if we stay in right standing and right relationship, we, we, we never really have anything to fear. It's when we don't that there is fear that we need to be afraid of. And then this other Proverbs that juxtaposes this is Proverbs eleven seven, Hope, hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promises of their power comes to nothing. That what we need to do is we need to be choosing where, where are we going to put our hope that wisdom, it, it fears the Lord. God, I understand completely who you are. I understand your power. I understand your authority and I understand your love. Wisdom fears the Lord, but wisdom misplaces hope. And it puts hope in people. It puts hope in things. It puts hope where hope will not last, where hope will not be carried into the next lifetime. And so we need to be wise. We need to choose wisdom over wisdom. And I know that, that many of you guys probably listening online and many of you guys that are here, that I know that, that most of you You've made the wise decision. It says, not only do I fear God, I'm, I put my hope in God. That, that, that I put my hope in the Son of God. The one who gave his life for me. The one who paid the price for sin. The one who rose from the dead three days later, conquering death on his own power. The one who spent 40 days on earth as the resurrected Savior before returning to his heavenly Father. And that you're wise enough to know that there is a lifetime beyond this lifetime. And that that lifetime lasts for an eternity. It will never end. And that you've been wise enough to place your hope in your Savior. But maybe... Maybe you're listening and you've just been kind of loosely familiar with God. Not really clear understanding who he is and 
not just your creator, but why you need him as your savior, the one who would forgive you. And you would be wise to place your hope and your trust in him. That that if you live your entire life just trying to wring all the most meaning you can out of this lifetime, and the only thing you focus on is this, you're gonna be choosing wisdom, not just for this lifetime, but for all eternity when you're separated from your heavenly father. Would you bow your heads with me? I wanna ask you, if you've not placed your hope in your savior, but today you understand both in your head and your heart that the wisest thing that you could do is to put your faith, your hope, and your trust in Jesus who gave his life for you. And that if you're ready to make that decision, if you've never made this before, to make this decision to put your hope in Jesus, would you just raise your hand real quick, make eye contact with me? I see him. Is there anybody else that's here? Maybe you're online. Anybody else? I see you. Today is the day that you're ready to make the wisest decision of your life. Well, if you've made this decision, you're saying today, this is it. I'm going to do this. I want to lead you in a prayer that you would just repeat after me to your heavenly father. So let's do this. Heavenly father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for creating me. For giving me purpose. Today, I'm making the wisest decision that I could ever make. And I'm putting my hope in your son. Jesus, thank you for coming for me for giving your life for me. I admit to you that I have sin, that I've done things that don't measure up to your standard for life. I've not even lived up to my own standard. And because of that, I need forgiveness. And I accept your offer, Jesus, to forgive me. And I place my life in your hands. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, whether you're online or whether you're here, we just celebrate that and we say, welcome to the family of God. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make, the wisest decision that you could ever make. And if you made that decision, whether you're online, we'd love to connect with you, and you can text the word next step, and you can text that to 210-817-8121, and we'd love to send you something to help you get this journey started. If you're here and you've made that decision, whether you showed your hand or not, we'd love you to stop by our Next Steps booth, and we'd love to put something in your hand and give this to you, so help you get this journey started. Well, next week, we're going to finish up. We're going to wrap up Uncommon Sense. I hope you guys will be here for it as we wrap up and see one last aspect that Solomon talked to us about. You guys have a great week. Celebrate your dads, and we'll see you guys next Sunday.